Hey guys, and welcome to episode seven of the Humans of Sydney podcast. So this week we have David Misford on, and we'll get Adam to give a little bit of an introduction. Yeah, so me and Sachin met David at an entrepreneur conference. Um, I think it was in 2017. 18. Um, 2018. So it was this big conference, bunch of speakers and stuff, and we're just standing by these stairs, like waiting to go up to some networking event. And him and his mate Jake were there, and we just sort of started a conversation. And um, we learned that they had a pretty cool background, that they were university students who dropped out, and they started their own gym at like a pretty young age. And we ended up having like a really cool conversation about like the sort of journey of being an entrepreneur, about dropping out and the sort of mindset that um, Dave and his mate Jake um, sort of developed in being an entrepreneur, which was cool. And since then we've hung out with them a couple other times, done some like ice baths with them, <laughs> done a bit of experimenting. Stupid shit. Yeah, did some gym sessions together, which is pretty cool. But um, yeah, do you want to just give us a bit of a before background? We, before we go into this, it's actually Dave's 25th birthday. Oh yeah, right now. <laughs> what a day, yeah. What else would you rather do on your birthday <laughs> than just talk shit and yeah. talk about yourself? Um, yeah, what are you asking? Just a bit an idea of what I'm at the moment? Uh, or? Yeah, well, yeah, just give us a bit of a background of yourself up until this point. Oh, Tell us a bit question. about your journey. Big question. Yeah, so right, like starting from the end a little bit. So, you know, business is definitely my main thing right now. I've got mm-hmm. two businesses. Uh, one's pretty new, one's a bit more established. One's the gym you mentioned earlier, which I started about four years ago now. So opened that at about 20. Yeah. What's uh, that gym called? The Body Shapers. The body shapers. Little plug, I like it. We'll link it. Any, any, yeah, I'll link that stuff. Any, yeah. any local Sutherland Shire girls out there. Uh, you know, business is the main thing. The gym's four years in. That's definitely pretty well set up and, and kind of how I've uh, learned a lot of stuff and then got a second business now, more like online marketing, mm-hmm. online business coaching cool. space, helping other gym owners do the same thing. And I got into it very organically. I got into it because when I was younger, I was quite overweight. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like you know, how heavy were you? How overweight are we talking? It's hard to put a number. I, this is an interesting thing, though. I don't think I was weight-wise that big, but in my mind, I saw really? myself as big. Because mm. I look at photos, and I'm like, I swear when I was at it, like, I felt overweight. And I mm. think that was a big lesson I've got from reflecting, is it's really where we actually are. It's our perception of where we are. Okay. And I thought I was like super overweight, and I thought no one thought I was attractive, and the mm. girls thought I was overweight. And I, I don't think I was that bad, but I was in my brain. Mm. I was in my mind. Just touching on that right now, I think body dysmorphia amongst males in the gym community yeah. is so unrelated. Like, 100%. I think almost every guy I know that I train with in something has it to a certain extent. This perception of, yep. even even yesterday, like, I realized that my perception of what the normal male body is meant to look like is so warped from Instagram yeah. photos and all that kinds yeah. of things. Because yeah. Honestly, when I see a guy that doesn't train, I'm like, that looks weird kind yep. of thing. Yep. <laughs> just like, that, we shouldn't yeah, be thinking That's pretty unhealthy and Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, there's a good expression. They say, if you spot it, you got it. So if you look at someone and you judge them, and you're like, look at your body, you're at a... Sh-, you only spot that because you're spotting yourself. Yeah. Mm. So you won't... Like, people who don't judge other people's body don't judge their own body. Yeah. yeah. But if you are going around, because I did it myself, and I'd look at everyone and be like, his arms, his legs... His, I realize it's because I was into myself. Yeah. So if you spot it, you got it. If you're noticing things like that, it's because you do it yourself. And I only learned that again in, in hindsight, but it's very, mm. yeah, we can dive into a bit more, but that led me down the road of, okay, I needed to lose weight. And I finally kind of got to the age where I guess I took responsibility for it. You know, when, you, when, you, when you're when you young, you don't really think it's on you. You're just like, this yeah. is how I am. And then yeah. I finally got to that age where I was like, I guess I can do something yeah. about what this. What age was that? About 16. Okay. About 16, 16 and a half. Um, I'm very grateful to my mum to this day. She took me to the gym mm. and she was happy to pay for a membership yeah. for me. She actually got me a PT. Awesome. And uh, that guy just helped me like start a really, which was cool. And um, once I got started, eventually I kind of did it myself. 
and lost a fair bit of weight mm-hmm. and fine like it was it was a physical weight loss transformation sort of thing but mm. it was it was so much more a mental confidence transformation than anything and all of a sudden i'm doing better socially i'm doing better you know with girls i'm doing better at school and everything just kind of came for me yeah and that led me down this just road of i guess self-belief because i overcame that and i'd been the thing my whole life like being overweight had held me back my whole life that was why i wasn't what good ways enough. did it hold you back like i didn't feel i was good enough yeah i didn't feel like In every I, situation <sighs> A lot of situations, socially. Did you have many friends socially. at school and stuff? I had, I had a, I was like a small friend group. Yeah. Small friend group. Um, wouldn't say I had a big friend group, but I had a couple of close friends. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, really struggled like, you know, with girls because I didn't think I was very good. So I just assumed they thought the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard to then do anything with that. And that, that probably got me down a lot in high school. It probably gets a lot of guys down, let's be honest. It's, yeah. if you struggle in that area, but for me, I struggled because I saw myself as out of shape, unfit. Yeah. And then, yeah, I got picked on a little bit and whatever. And then a few jokes made and that just kind of, further dug it in. But mm. overcoming that was this self-belief thing that I'd never had my whole life. And now I'm going, fuck, I overcame that. What else can I do? And I'm listening to these guys who are like motivational and into fitness and they're instilling this mindset in me at like 18. Yeah. You know, instilling this mindset of if you work hard, you'll get it. It's just a matter of time. It's like, you know, stop making excuses, find a way to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And that mindset has stuck with me since then, which is really cool. I go to uni. I, I love fitness now. I'm studying, like reading articles, reading how to train, learning. I'm loving it. So I go to uni to exercise science because I didn't know what else to do. I just finished uni. I like fitness. What university was that? Was that at Wollongong? Yeah. So I didn't really know what else to do. Um, and so I go down to Wollongong Uni because, you know, my school was selective high school. So we're meant to be like the smarter kids, right? Mm. And uh, it was kind of like you either go to like uni or you're a failure. There was no yeah. real in between. And so <laughs> off we go to uni, not knowing any better. And uh, I was like, fuck, I love personal training. I couldn't be bothered getting a job anywhere else. And uh, I convinced my mom to pay for a personal training course for me as well to help me study to be a PT. So become a PT, still at uni. It took me a while to get my first sort of PT job. Mm-hmm. When I finally got one. That was when this kind of organic like business stuff happened. Yeah. It's actually quite funny. I applied to just be like a trainer where you get paid to train clients. So you go work for like Vision or F45, right? You guys probably heard of those brands. Uh, they'll pay you. You yeah. work, you train their clients, they pay X amount of dollars. I tried to get a job like that, they couldn't because I was like 19 with no experience and they wanted to hire people who were better. So I had a friend who worked out of a local Good Life Health Clubs, mm-hmm. like a fitness first, a box gym. Yeah. They were hiring trainers, but the way that works is you pay the gym rent, you got to get your own clients. Yeah. I didn't really at the time grasp what that meant. I was like, whatever, I'm sure it's pretty easy to get clients. Mm. And so he gave me the job and now all of a sudden I'm practically running my own business. And I didn't realize that I was gonna be running my own business. I didn't realize how like serious that was. Yeah. So now I've done that and then your rent starts creeping up at the gym and you gotta get clients. Yeah. And so just to like literally get by, I had to start figuring out business. Um, and that was kind of led me down this business road where I started reading more, listening to more, bumped into a business coach, which is a, is a longer story if you wanna dive into it had the confidence or whatever you might call it to invest in a business coach at a mm-hmm. young age. First yeah. program was 4K for the first one. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't making any money. Like I, I couldn't even pay my rent. Yeah. I, I was asking mum for money just for like day-to-day bills. And I didn't tell her about this one and just sign up with this $4,000 <laughs> business coach. Were you still living at home at this time? Yeah. yeah. I'm still at uni. So <laughs> okay. I'm a uni student. I'm broke. I'm not making, I was, yeah. I was working at an Italian restaurant on the weekends yeah. just to like make any money at all. Cause I had, I had like maybe three clients. I was training for PT and I was paying the gym like $300 a week rent. So is it that much? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. They don't, this is what I mean by it was like, I didn't realize just how hard that was going to be. So luckily, in a sort of way, I stumbled on a business coach, had the confidence and and they sold me, you know, in a good way to do the programs I needed it. And then from there, I started getting some more clients, got a few more clients and that's when I sort of saw the potential in business. And the the business coach had another program after the $4,000 one, he had like a $25,000 mastermind program. And he was going, yeah, you should do this and what's your big goal? And I don't know, man, like having a gym one day be sick. Mm. And he was like, let's do it. 
I'm like, let's do it. I was like, I've got uni, I've got one more year of uni to go. And he's like, what will excite you more? You know, finishing off uni or having your own gym? And I was like, having the gym. And he's like, let's do it. Why do you want to wait? That's he was it. good at sales. He was good at sales. Yeah. He didn't that much. Uh, so I commit to a $25,000 program wow. at 20 years old. Drop out of uni. Didn't tell my mum didn't tell my mum until after decisions were made. It was like, I'm not asking, I'm telling. How'd you finance that twenty five thousand dollars? So they put me in a payment plan. Okay. And this is pretty cool. If anyone's out there like, oh, it just sounds really good to invest in myself and things, but I don't have the money. Most things will let you find a way to get money. Yeah. And he had a payment plan just he could do for me. You could you could go to get a credit. You could do a lot of ways to get money. If you were resourceful, you can find money. I was in an event in America, a really quick side story. Out of in America early this year, the guy at the front is pitching this again like a mastermind. It's twelve months, it's like twenty K. Uh, and he's selling the audience and he's really good at sales as well. He, in the break, some guy goes up to him and goes, dude, I need to join your program. I've got to do it. I have literally no money. I don't know how I could afford the first, like, it's like a $5,000 down payment. Yeah. And so the guy who was running the event says to the, the, the sort of wannabe, he goes, you know, we're in an event with like a thousand people. See if you can find someone who believes in you enough to give you 5K and you can join. <laughs> the dude comes back to the speaker who's running it about an hour later. He goes, I found this guy's going to put the money down. I mean, that's fucking sick. What a story, right? Like, <laughs> so there's sick. no good example if you want to find a way. Like, you, yeah. will, I know it's cheesy. You will find a fucking way. Because mm. most people want to find an excuse more than want to find a way. Mm. Payment plans. I joined this program and I had a gym open four months later. And Both. that's how we get The rest fear. is history. The rest <laughs> is sort of history. But yeah, that's more or less how we got to the can we, yeah, um, of fear. Can we revisit this first coach you had? Because I remember saying. some stories about... The yeah. stuff he made you do yeah, yeah. and the self yeah. the self develop that was kind of like you had this road of self development before, but that was when you started yeah, getting yeah. like what did he do to give you that self belief? Yeah. And what sort of crazy stuff <laughs> did he make you do? And also yeah, yeah. speaking a little bit more applicably to our audience, what things can people do? Just yep. like quick little things. Because yep, yep. every I don't think anyone has mastery of self belief. We no. always doubt ourselves no. sometimes mm. and stuff like that. So Yeah, yeah. The biggest one he did, and he made everyone on the program do it, but Probably some did it less than others, and that might have been why I did better. Uh, was a morning ritual, super clear, super specific morning ritual. Uh, which to break it down really quickly, it was a couple of songs because a song becomes an anchor over time. Sound makes you feel a certain way. You know, when you hear that song from like when you were clubbing five years ago, and you're like, "Fuck, Jack, I remember going out." Jack, Jack Johnson, the ice bath. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, so. yeah, the banana. What is it? Banana pancakes. Banana pancakes. Banana pancakes. Yeah. 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 When we were doing Ice Bath, we had a certain song on. So music yeah. is an anchor. It's a quick one. And that was what we used in this morning ritual. And we picked three themes. The first song was a gratitude song. So you put a song on, it kind of makes you feel good. And you just literally, for like three to four minutes, just sit there. You can walk around. Think of things you're grateful for. Who are yeah. you grateful for? What are you grateful for? Puts you in this state. And you can't be, you can't be like grateful for life and afraid and doubting at the same time. They're mm. incompatible emotions. Mm. It's one or the other. Mm. And so if I put you on the ledge through a bungee jump and I said, think about things you're grateful for, you probably couldn't do it because you'd be so fucking scared of jumping off that ledge. Mm. You wouldn't be able to stop your brain and be like, I really do love my dog at home. Like, my dog's really cool. You just wouldn't. You'd be like, I'm about to yeah. die. So they don't work hand in hand, but everyone's stronger at the time is going to win. So if you wake up and you're a bit stressed about the day, if you can stop, put a song on, anchors it in and you get grateful, all of a sudden you stop, you go, oh, I'll just figure it out. Like, like life's all right. So gratitude was the first one. Second one was affirmations. And this is a big one on the self-belief. We, yeah. we created four affirmations specific to my own self-doubts. I'm 20 years old. He goes, we're going to have a gym. I've been in the industry for nine months, not even at that time, about six months. And we're going to have a gym. And I'm going, I'm not ready. I'm not mm. good enough. So I would have affirmations that were like, I can be a fitness expert. I'm, I'm willing to learn. Um, I can get my client's results and that's all that matters. I had these affirmations around these things that I knew I was doubting. Yeah. And the song is about three to three to four minutes and you do exercises as you scream them. 
To a lot of people, this is intense. Where, where were yeah. you doing this? At a park. Okay. <laughs> I have clients. Park? It was at like Menai, if you know the area in Menai. Yeah. Back in, it's like down where I grew up. Is it like 4 a.m.? Yeah, so I have clients at 5.30 a.m. The business coach goes, you have to do this morning ritual every morning before you do anything else. And I go, mate, I'll start at 5.30 a.m. with clients. And he goes, I don't care. <laughs> he goes, are you committed or not? Fucking, all right, I'm committed. So I would get up, it'd be about 4. I, I knew my alarm was like 4.30. I was at the park at quarter to 5. 15-minute oh, ritual, get to the gym, train clients. 15 minutes? 15. So I knew I had to give myself about 15 minutes. Okay. So I'd go to this park. And uh, I would literally just be there. There's no one around, just doing this shit. Like, yeah. yeah. And so it's three to four minutes. It's affirmations, and you're pushing yourself physically as a very. You would look like a cracker. I was. I probably <laughs> fucking did. And now I'm, I'm imagining people coming back from a night out, and then you see this guy. Like, this fucking poor fucking guy. <laughs> he must hate himself. <laughs> so good. I've, I've really, what a funny a nice side story. story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I still do it in my gym most of the time, and I was yeah. doing it one morning. I had this guy come in to paint, and I didn't realize he was coming early. So there's this guy comes in and I'm midway just like banging out push up screaming <laughs> and he didn't come in and then I finished and he walks in and I'm like oh did you just get it? he goes oh, I've been outside for a few minutes but I thought I'd like leave you to it <laughs> you seem pretty into it <laughs> I was like yeah alright what's mate. like one of the things you shouted like can you give us an example shout shout it or it literally just be like like I'm a dominator I get shit done like just scream that no yeah. seriously you do that um, you know, I'm a thought leader. I get my clients lots every time. Like I find a way every day I'm productive every day. I'm making decisions every day I move forward. It was just stuff. And, and honestly, I think half the time it, it could be nonsensical, but it's, mm. it's the emotion you're giving it. Mm. It's a certainty you're giving it. That's what your body feels more than the intellectual words. Mm. If you just sat there and like, I'm the best, I'm a thought leader. Like I get clients results. You, no, you're not going to feel anything. Yeah. You just say that shit all you want. Um, it's, it's much more about the emotional stage you get in. Um, and I think, and it's metaphorical, like you're pushing through this, day, like you're fucked on push-ups, you drop to your knees, you keep going, and then you just like fall to the ground, you can't get back up. It's this metaphor of like, I'm gonna, if I can push through this, the rest of my day is easy. Yeah. So I'm gonna push myself to the limit. So your second song was all about, third one was a visualization, future pacing. So mm-hmm. it was all about like, you slow down again, and you're on the ground, you're fucked, you're tired, your heart's beating, and all you do, put your hand on your heart, and you just visualize what you're trying to bring to the world. Mm. So I would visualize the gym, I'd visualize the clients, I'd visualize, um, you know, sales, I would visualize my bank account because I, mm. I was fucking broke. I would visualize seeing money in the bank account. So that feeds into the law of attraction, right? Yeah, it, it feeds in. I, yeah, I mean, we could do, we could into the law of attraction, but I think that's a very similar concept. Yeah. Yeah, and just trying to get clear on that. And again, it, it builds belief because if you, if you can see it in advance, your brain's pretty stupid sometimes. It can't always tell what you're visualizing versus what's real. And if you visualize it enough, it somewhat becomes like that's in a really weird way real to you. Yeah. And so now you don't doubt it as much. Like you, you've got this, it's going to happen. I've already seen it happen. There's a great quote, Walt Disney, right? You know, Disneyland? Yeah. yeah. So Walt Disney died before we, Disneyland got built. And someone was there and they said to someone who knew him and they go, this is so amazing. I wish Walt Disney was here to see it. And the person mm. goes, he saw it every day. Mm. And I was like, damn. Yeah. Like he'd already seen it before anyone else saw it. Yeah. And I've always remember that. Where I was like, you've got to see it first. You've got to see it first. So that was the ritual I did every morning, like pretty much nonstop for a it was, I still do it like to this day, not every day, a bit inconsistent to be honest sometimes. Um, but I did it super consistent with those first three to four months mm-hmm. and it was, a, it was a massive thing. And then I've got this, I got the gym and then instead of doing it at the park, I got my whole gym to myself. So I do it in the gym yeah. and now it was like this. I know, I remember what this was like doing it at a random park at five fucking AM yeah. and now I'm doing it in my own gym. Sick. And it's very like, again, how do you build belief? I don't think you can just like, it's not just doing that shit. You have mm. to go out and actually overcome something because yeah. then you've got evidence to have self-belief. Sure. Yeah. Like, how could you believe in something you've never seen happen? It's a bit like nonsense. Yeah. And I think that's what fitness did originally for me. That was one 
that was like one leg of the table of self-belief. And then mm. I did the business, I've done this. And as you conquer things, you, you stack up mm. the belief. So I feel like there's two sides. So one side is taking the action, getting that empirical evidence mm. that you can have self-belief. Then the other side is all these sort of affirmations, the extra things that you yep. do each and every day to compound it. Mm. Like really uh, stick it to your mind. Yes, yeah. definitely. It's, a bit of, it's like they come together. If someone's struggling, I would say lean toward action of anything first, just moving because mm. even action in the wrong direction is, is, is motion, you learn something. Mm. As much as affirmations are good on, in isolation, they lead you to feeling like a fraud because you're sitting at home going, I've got these goals, I've got these visions and I'm not doing anything about mm. it. So you actually feel incongruent with who you're trying to be because you're not mm. acting on it's it. Like so there's a good expression, instead of, it's most people, in, you're better off trying to act your way into a new way of thinking than to think your way into a new way of action. Yeah. I really like that. If you start doing it, you start thinking a certain way. That's what a lot way. of like psychologists say to people like experience like anxiety and stuff, sort of depression. Like you can't think your way out of bad situations often. You've got to make a new mode of action. Definitely. But I think coming back to what you said before about having this struggle, right? Something to overcome. I feel like a lot of people, especially at our age, don't know what that struggle is. Mm. Um, if that makes 100%. sense. <laughs> yeah. A lot yep. of doubt, uncertainty. Like, like what should I struggle for? Mm. Sometimes I wish I just had that struggle in front of me because I have no doubt yeah, that I could overcome it. But like, just, yeah. <laughs> but there's so many interesting roots of life and stuff. Yeah. I sometimes think that this uncertainty is the main struggle. Mm. I think a lot of people though, they if, if they don't have something genuinely hard, they, they build up minor shit that's not that hard. Yeah. Like yeah. again, I don't know about you, when I was at uni, if I had like an assignment or something, I was still stressed about an assignment. And right yeah. now I think, the fuck was I stressed about? <laughs> yeah, you're always gonna have. Did that stress. even matter? Like if I, like whatever. But mm. at the time, it does. So so. Uh, some people will probably feel like, oh, I do have struggles, but, you know, that's why going for a, a real bigger goal is not that much harder than going for nothing because you're kind of going to feel stress so anyway. Like yeah. So it's cool. like, yeah. you may as well go for something big, right? Yeah. If you're going to stress about like, everyone has problems. No one has a life without problems. And just pursuing a life without problems becomes a problem. Yeah. Because there's no way to avoid problems. And when we realize that, we go, cool, am I happy with my problems? Like, I want first world problems. That's great. I want to be like, cool, I don't know how to juggle this business problem because I've got like three staff here and all these new clients. How the hell do I take them on? That's too hard. I, I, I take that problem over like how am I paying my rent this month problem. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that that's a big part of it. And there's Instagram again has this like, like causes the effect. If you see someone like on the beach in Bali with their fucking boyfriend and you're like, your life must be like, you must yeah. never work and be, you don't have any problems in your life clearly by this one photo. And we sort of know logically that it's not true when I explain it like that, but our brain is stupid. Our brain's like, mm. look at their life. They don't have any problems by mm. this one photo. And so we then feel shit for having problems. She never feels shit about it. Like, everyone has problems. Yeah. But the biggest problem people have is they feel shit about the problems they have. <laughs> like, don't add to it. You've already got to deal with something. Don't add this mental stress of beating yourself up about having to deal with a problem. Yeah. Just face it and move on. And, and there's actually a lot of, I think, self-esteem and self-belief to be found in knowing you just tackle your problems. Like I'm the sort yeah. of person that you could take everything away from me today and I'd figure it out in six months and be back where I am. That is that is yeah. way more certainty than a fucking house or a big bank mm. account, right? So it's not about the money or the material possessions, it's about that mindset. You have the mindset that will come. But if I drop 500K in your bank account, you wouldn't change your mindset. That's why a lot of people go broke. If you know the stats, most people yeah. get win a lot of go broke like two years later. Yeah. So, so you're at a level of confidence with yourself that you can think you can like basically mm. achieve anything you set your mind to. You've got it. You've got it. It may be a lie, but it's a good lie. Yeah, it's an empowering lie, right? <laughs> it's a better lie than fucking. Oh no, I can do a lot of things, but that's a bit hard. Like sometimes we just got to go over top yeah. on those beliefs. So mm. yeah, mm. yeah. That, that morning ritual though was a is a big one. And uh, if someone's out there like trying to get like the thing about that is you can control that. 
Yeah. You can't yeah. control maybe a lot of shit going on with the external world, da, 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 but no one can stop you getting up 15 minutes earlier and doing something for you. Yeah. And even if that doesn't straight away lead to a result, you are doing something for you and you're getting better and you're building discipline and you can build that as a habit in your life. And if I build that habit, now I could stack on top of that a 20 minute workout because cool, I know I need to get fitter and work out. And then I can stack 30 minutes of reading on top of that because I know I, I feel like I'm struggling with that yeah. or, or studying. Mm-hmm. It's the start of that process that will compound. But people who can't stick to anything, it doesn't matter. Like, if you couldn't stick to anything, I could give you a business plan where you're like selling $10 bills for 20 bucks, right? Or, or whatever it is. Like, like literally just a super, people still fuck it up yeah. because they won't do it. They won't stick to it. They don't have the, the, the habits and the mindset. And they'll bugger up the most obvious plans. There's people who make things work. And you're like, how the hell did you make that work? Because they have the, they have the belief and they know how to stick to shit and get take action. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It's I tough think people to swallow, but it's the truth. Morning routines are like really important. So me and Adam on exchange, we did morning routine for about 80 days or something in a row. We still do it now, but the first thing was always gratitude. Mm. And I think that just starting your day off with that thought process. I also do something in addition. I don't know if you've tried this, but I imagine two people, they're random somewhere in my life being really happy. That's and cool. there's just people that I could have just, some, some girl in my lecture, just a random person. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Settle down, man. Yeah. Hey, hey. Um, I get real grateful. Then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's cool. I like that. I like that. Give it a go. So, what time do you usually wake up these days? These days, I'm still up pretty early. I, I so I don't run all my gym classes, but I get up and start working at the same time. So I get up about four forty-five, five a.m. <laughs> yeah. well, you could say like seven or something. Seven. <laughs> I'm just in that routine now of getting up early and, yeah. and getting it done. And you feel like you're more um, productive in the mornings? Yeah, yeah. I just I'm just used to it now. Yeah. Um, and liking up early. I don't think it's a net. I know. I know some people find they work better at night. Some in the morning. I've, I've just always found mornings. I yeah. Just get shit done. Um, but yeah, so really cool. I, I know with the gratitude thing, if someone's never been exposed to it, it, it was very foreign to me at first. Yeah. I was like, what is this? I don't really get it. it it's one of those things that takes a bit of time to kind of understand um, and really feel. Like I didn't feel that much at first. Like you, it's like a workout. You don't go to the gym and do one set of like chest and be like, oh, look at my chest. It takes like months and months, and then you slowly look in the mirror and you're like, damn. Adam like does. Maybe he does. <laughs> but this sort of stuff in my, it's the same concept. It's a slow progression. You don't see results day one or day 10 or even day 30. But if you do it for a year or something, yeah. you'd be like, you know what? Well, I walk around and I'm just happy all the time. Yeah. Like everything mm. I see, I'm like, shit. I get really, really emo- I get that. really emotional in the mornings when I'm doing it. Like I almost start crying because I'm just like so overwhelmed with happiness. It's, yeah, yeah. It's a crazy feeling. Mm. But um, coming back to what we talked about initially with the whole body image thing, yeah. I'm going to revisit that a bit more. Yeah, yeah. So you were at a time when... You were a bit overweight, right? Yep. You had this whole transition. Mm. What happened then? Yeah, so I, uh, I skipped that bit a little bit. Uh, I've, lost, I've lost a lot of weight. I got into training and I went from one extreme to the other, yeah. which is still, it's still a form of body dysmorphia. So I've lost all this weight and now it still wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm following these like fitness model guys on the cover of magazines who yeah. are jacked, maybe on steroids, you bloody knows. Mm. And I'm, I'm comparing myself to that. Yeah. So I lose a bunch of weight and I'm like, it's not good enough. So I'm like tracking my food down to the gram. I'm reading every article I can and doing these diets and training. How many calories were you eating back at my lower, uh, At my lowest, I got like 17, 1800. And I was trying to play soccer, like yeah. three days a week of soccer, trained six days a week in the gym. Yeah. And uh, I did Just a lot of Just give you guys an idea of 1700 calories is probably... Just probably about two subways, two subways in a day, yeah. and a little bit more. Yeah. Right now, I'm eating almost four thousand. So yeah. it's not much. Yeah, <laughs> it's not much for an eighteen-year-old kid who's training. Mm. Yeah, if you're like a forty-nine-year-old mum who sits at a desk job all day, yeah, that's actually a decent amount of food. Yeah, but if you're like young and training and active, it's yeah. not a lot of food. And so I, I just went to that extreme, and, and I think I got a lot of validation from losing weight. Like I did, I got people complimenting me and saying, yeah. "You look good. You, you what are you doing?" Was that and positive? 
like positive in what sense? Like, was that positive for just you as a personality, or was it, like did that contribute to like the sort of negative like? Body he, this is this is I and I only think it realized this in hindsight that that mm. contributed to it because now I was feeling good enough from the outside world for losing weight. Yeah. And so whatever you get validation for in your life and self esteem from, you'll probably just keep chasing mindlessly. Yeah. So if you're a kid and all you get from your parents is love for when you get A's in school, you'll spend your whole fucking life trying to do well in school yeah. because that's what you've always you your brain associated. I get love when I do X and mm-hmm. Y. And there's people in the corporate world working their ass off just because they're running this this mental system that if I could succeed in my career, I'm good enough. And it yeah. sounds ridiculous, but our unconscious sort of thing is just controlling us. So mm. this union is very prominent as well. Yeah. But if you don't have those sort of thinking patterns where you get validation for a certain thing, like you force yourself to achieve certain things, you give yourself validation, mm. what do you have instead? What do you mean? If you don't get like external validation sort of thing? Or? Well, if you don't have these systems or these thought patterns to get yeah. validation, where do you get it from? Or where do you get well, that sense like, of achievement? What's replaced instead sure, of that? Sure, I think, I think we're always going to have some level of it. It's just yeah. it's a continuum. It's not black or white. Okay. It's just trying yeah. to just tone it down because if you can, if, if there's anyone out there who doesn't like take anything from the external world, like any validation, like well done, you're like a monk. Yeah. But we all get it to a certain extent. It's mm. just trying to shift it to a more internal And is it more about focus. choosing what we get validation from by ourselves it's like giving ourselves validation definitely okay. yeah 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 trying as hard as you can to do that yeah. here's the thing if you if you hear people's good you're going to hear people's bad so if you take like when someone says good job and you actually are like fuck yeah that person mm. said good job was good well guess what when someone says shit job you yeah. hear that yeah. too you can't have one or the other yeah you can't because people say don't listen to other people's opinions easy to say when it's negative but then when someone says that was awesome i was really yeah. like what are you gonna do be like no no it wasn't <laughs> no you're like yeah what well, how good was it oh, <laughs> oh, i guess it wasn't that good that's was what it, gary v talks about a lot because like he says he doesn't give a shit when someone criticizes him but he also doesn't give a shit when someone says something really good about 100%. him like how good his business is like someone yes yep. says great things he's just yep. like wipes it off because he knows like deep down like what he's passionate about and what he's yep. doing. funny thing about that is david's great. actually one that introduced me to gary v i remember you really saw, yeah, yeah oh, you, how good <laughs> how good Good job, mate. Gary's great. That, that's a really important one. So can't go to this whole body thing. The, 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 the external stuff was sinking into me. And so I think, like, fuck, people finally are thinking I'm good enough. Mm. So David's brain goes, the leaner I get, the better shape I get, the better. But I didn't have the right strategy at the time. I thought the solution was eat less and just train like an idiot. When if anyone in, in wants to know fitness stuff, like overtraining, under eating is not going to get you in good shape. Yeah. Like go look at like prisoner of war victims and look at how they look. That's what happens if you overtrain, under eat. Um, so reality then was I got down to like 63 kilos uh, at 18 and I pretty much wrecked like my entire life became tracking my calories training and stressing about it because I was so caught up in trying to get there and I didn't even get to the body I wanted to Mm. and that's what pissed me off the most is I was working harder than anyone I was cooking every single meal I'm like 17 I stopped eating my mum's food because I got to track my calories and macros so I stopped eating what's at home I start making chicken broccoli you know all my food prep taking that to school my mates are like what are you doing man eating chicken and broccoli I'm like I am um but then that that wasn't that's another side kind of like thought process. <laughs> anyway, I go to the extreme and I did a lot of damage to myself. Yeah. And so uh, what sort of damage was that? Because you said like testosterone. And yeah. Stuff. So I managed to get through year twelve just before I did the worst to myself. So I finished off HSC, did just all right, and then after that it got worse by about March. You know, the year after finishing school, uh, I was just I was out of energy. I had a relationship that fell apart because I cared more about my fucking calories and my girlfriend. So mm-hmm. side note, relationships you got to care about your partner more than. How many grams of protein do you eat chicken? Looking at you. Uh, hey, hey, play nice. Anyway, so relationship falls apart. I stopped, I stopped playing cricket. I played cricket my whole life. I was yeah. like quite a high level cricketer. I couldn't play anymore. I didn't have the energy. 
I get on the field, and I, was, I was too tired. I had no energy. Was I struggled this, to get out of bed. Did you increase your calories after that, or was this when you were? I was still obsessed with like, if okay. I increase my calories, I'm gonna get fat. Yeah. Right. That was that was my thinking process. And when you're in a deficit, and I can tell if anyone's like, if anyone's in there like thinking about like if that's your if that's your default answer when someone says eat more food, well, what if I get fat? That's like a red flag. Like yeah. be very careful because most people, if you just say like have a burger, they're like, oh, burger, sweet. If you uh, if you put a burger in front of me at the time, I I couldn't have eaten it. It wasn't a choice. Like I physically could not put something in my mouth that I thought would like overdo my calories or be mm. too much food because I was so. I went to a birthday party and I tried to force feed me cake and I said no. I would have punched someone in the face for I ate a cake. Mm-hmm. I went to my my 18th birthday. Mum brought a cake out, didn't touch it. Yeah. Because I was I just I couldn't I was so obsessed. With it. I got to stick to my calories. So I'm gonna get leaner. This is my da 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 da. And March go to the doctor. Yeah, I'm pretty wrecked on energy, man. He does me a blood test and he goes, yeah, you have testosterone about a six year old guy. So, 60 year old? 60 year old, yeah. Fuck. Their average range is, uh, I don't know the units, 11 to 28. Mine was four. Fuck. So that's just from and eating, I'm 18. lack of eating. And if you're an 18 year old dude out there, you know what? You should be like pretty well, fucking high. Well, this is yeah. what I was telling you.